What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 102, Convos in the Pedicab. I'm here with my friend and future Texas State representative, Michelle Evans. This has been a long time coming. I'm super excited. We're going to have a lot to talk about, man. It's been a crazy couple weeks. It's been a crazy couple years. It's been a crazy couple years. And these two weeks have been uh, like this icing on the cake type thing. Yeah. Very interesting, very insane stuff um, happening. We're going to try to go into as much of it as we can. You know, we got these farmer protests. We got the Japanese prime minister. He got shot. He's no longer with us. Well, he's the former former Japanese prime minister. Got shot. He's no longer with us. There's a lot of um, a lot of insanity going on on our school boards. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of mass shootings seem to be conveniently popping up right before the election. There's a lot of anti-American sentiment conveniently popping up right before the election. Um, there's this abortion stuff that's that happened with this Roe v. Wade. We definitely got to talk about that. That's yep. a big that's a big issue. That that's multifaceted. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Michelle, happy to have you. Have you? Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So excited. So you're a first time candidate, right? Yes, first time running. So, when did you decide to get politically active? I've been politically active off and on since at least 2015. Um, that year. Myself and two other pissed off moms um, started Texans for Vaccine Choice. And so I was at the Capitol nearly every day just lobbying against um, mandates and against encroachments on your your medical Bodily freedom. autonomy. Okay. Yeah. Um, what made you want to start that organization? And that's really cool that you started that organization. Yeah. I mean, it's become something. Like, it was just a kind of a loose collective of moms that year, but it became something much more influential and much more important, especially in the last couple of years. Well, it's a very big organization and it was a big organization um, pre COVID, but what was like the thing that said, I'm going to go start a pack or (laughs) I'm going to go start an organization. Well, like most people don't do that. Most people just get angry and they just take their kid out of school or they like go to a doctor and the doctor makes something up on the form and then everything's fine. Right. Right. What made you go above and beyond to do that? We had um, a legislator out of Dallas named Jason Vialba. He's no longer in office, but um, he filed House Bill 2006 that year that would have eliminated the um, exemptions for philosophical reasons and religious um, reasons. So we just like moms just got on the phone with each other, people I'd never met before. We started a Facebook group. It didn't become anything other than a group, like a loose group, until the end of that session after we killed like 15 bills. Um, and then we started. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. After we just killed 15 bills. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. The, 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 you know, <laughs> I didn't even know. Who the, my then we became was. a serious organization yeah. after that. All right. Well, that's cool. when yeah. we did the. We started the process of 501c3, 4, and the PAC. Okay. So, and then it kind of mushroomed and became this big organization. Right. Right. Um, okay. Um, and, and it's, it's also kind of weird, right? Because like, I'm not trying to come across as like someone that's like anti-vaccine or mm-hmm. any, anything like that. Um, but like the amount of like actual cases of these, um, diseases that people actually have to vaccinate for mm-hmm. are extremely rare. Like, Some, we, yes. like in most cases, like because of like improvements in sanitation, because of improvements in hygiene, um, because of improved healthcare, and because so many other people have gotten these vaccinations mm-hmm. um, throughout history, a lot of these like diseases that used to be a problem either got eradicated or are just no longer a problem because of improved therapeutics. Right. So it kind of makes you think like, well, maybe it doesn't make sense to mandate it anymore because it's not as big of a problem as it was when these mandates first came into place. Right. And and we've never, to, to be fair, we've never had anything technically mandated in texas at least not at the state level we've always had exemptions or at least we've had exemptions for the last 20 years um but once those other diseases become less of a problem you start to vaccinate against new diseases like hpv or flu on the yearly basis or covid you know right something comes up and with the flu you should never be forced to because like the flu vaccine almost seems similar to the covid vaccine Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of like from an effectiveness standpoint, minus the SADS and the SIDS and all that, yeah. all that, all those ac- fun acronyms. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in terms of like the flu vaccine, um, there are so many flu strands that multiply so quickly that it does a pretty negligible job of actually stopping you from getting the flu. Yes, it, it's hard to predict which strains are going to become an issue each and every year. So. Yeah, um, so a moving it, target. It, it, it's definitely a moving target. 
Um, and then you have stuff like, you know, measles and uh, bumps and rubella, like, like the MMR stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. we're, and, and I'm talking about those specifically because a lot of those shots wind up becoming delivered in bundles, right. which have been proven to be really bad for children. Right. So, for example, when my oldest child was four months old, she was exhibiting um, symptoms of RSV, which is uh, respiratory virus okay. that's common in, in little kids. And her doctor was like, oh, she doesn't look like she has RSV and proceeded to give her a total of eight vaccinations. It was bundled as four, but it was eight antigens. So eight diseases. And yeah. she was in the ER that night. Um, and I don't know if like it it tanked her immune system so bad that the the respiratory issue got worse. But either way, I would I would advise <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I would advise against giving eight antigens at once to a sick child. Right. And that's why you have to make a choice, mm-hmm. because if you took eight of those things separately, you'd probably benefit from those and you'd create a healthier child. But then when there are certain requirements for certain ages, it kind of forces the bundling of these shots and procedures, which can um, cause a lot more harm than good. So ultimately I think when you give people choices in terms of how they administer this stuff to their children, most parents are still going to choose to vaccinate anyway. Overwhelming. They'll just, they'll just maybe do it in different phases and stages, which I think is probably better for the kid anyway. Right. There's no one size fits all in medicine. So being individualized, having each person have a unique uh, plan for their health, I think is is just basic. Hey, 100%. So is your kid okay now, though? Oh, yeah. She's fine. No immune problems, no neurological stuff no, like there? No, none for her. You're very lucky. Well, I've got, I have one kid that wasn't quite as lucky, but she is doing really well now. So. There's like a hearing issue, right, or something like that? Oh, uh, that's, that's a genetic issue. She has, um, she has a genetic disorder that caused her to be deaf and have thyroid disease. But um, in addition to that, she was on a delayed schedule um, up until a year old. And then things kind of, it was like somebody flipped a switch after one of her well child visits. And so, you know, we had this kind of prolonged reaction um, all of which is documented, but um, we decided at that point that it wasn't the best route for us for, and our kids. With all the the shots and all that mm-hmm. stuff, right? Yeah, I um, I, when I was really little, I was a very like chubby and healthy and like vibrant baby, and that's I talked about like with like numerous guests, and then I got like my MMR shot when I was like two. Mm-hmm. And they always say once you hit this age, like if you ever have any neurological issues, like they'll manifest during that age. But it's also right when you get those shots, so that could you don't you never really know. Yeah. But like right when I got that shot, like I like turned purple, I lost a bunch of weight, oh. I um started to become like way more withdrawn. Like basic like social interactions became like really difficult. Whereas before I was very engaging and very mm-hmm. like active and vibrant, and it t- and I had to like see occupational therapists and go to like these like special classes and do all this stuff to like get back to a baseline of normality. Mm-hmm. Um, so based on what I went through as a child. Um, I never want my own kids to go through that. Well, I'm sorry that you went through that. I'm sorry your, well, your family went they, through that. They, yeah, I mean, they didn't know. They just were listening yeah. to doctors and experts, mm-hmm. and these doctors and experts made my life a lot harder than it needed to be because of what they told my mom and dad to do. Mm-hmm. And your your story is not uncommon. Stories similar to that are not uncommon. Um, it just manifests itself differently across different kids. No, right. But like when I was a kid, right, it wasn't like like I mean I'm fine and happy with like how I am now, right. But there were definitely like a lot of kids, like a lot of kids I went to school with, like didn't exactly invite me to parties or right, weren't exactly right. like nice to me or like you know bullied me a little bit here and there, right. Mm-hmm. And then like you see those same kids and they're adults, and now they want to force everybody to get that vaccine, yeah. everyone to get this COVID shot. And I'm like, wait a minute. Those MMR, MMR vaccines that I got um, caused me to grow up a certain way in which you wanted to exclude me from activities as a child. Mm. And now you want to f- shame people for not wanting to do that? Right. Like, well, we were talking about that earlier. Like, dis- dissociation from reality and total in some dissociation respects, from yeah. reality. Yeah. But, you know, I'm glad that a lot of that stuff happened because it made me a lot more, like, passionate about wanting to do the right thing. And more resilient. Yeah. And more resilient and less susceptible to like really bad stuff like if i made like you know maybe if i hadn't gotten those mmr shots the way in which i got them right or got them more separately mm-hmm. and if i had grown up differently and more normal and fit in better as a child um i probably would have been more maybe i would have been more susceptible to getting the COVID shot yeah. and maybe something would have happened to me then 
right? Which could have been a lot worse as, as a result of the side effect. Yeah. So you got to look at it like it's a blight. Like it's, you know, you could look at a bad thing as a bad thing, but you, like you could also look at a bad thing like it's really a blessing if you like zoom out. Yeah. You can, I mean, everything in retrospect will lead you to where you are today. And if you're happy with where you are today, then you can't fault it. But, um, a hundred percent, but you can still be angry. Like, like, like people, like you can be angry, but also filled with gratitude at the same time. Right. And there's a, there's like a hybrid or there's a mixture and a combination. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will like look at someone like me or something like that or you and say like, we're full of anger and rage and this and that. And I'm like, well, we're just angry at a specific set of things and we verbalize it and mm-hmm. we're very clear about how we feel. But you're also very, but you could also at the same time be very um, grateful that you're in a position where you can express this anger. Right. Right. We're in a country where we can. We are in a country where we can. Yeah. And it's very important. And COVID made me realize that. Yeah. That it's, there's no time where you should just sit on your feelings and sit on your concerns about government overreach. Like always, always, always speak up. Okay. Um, so real quick before we pivot to like the next topic, um, whatever happened with the mandate with that, um, mandate bill? No, um, pro vaccine choice. So I guess there were a couple of bills that were filed actually like a handful of bills in the third special session last year. One of it, which when you started that pack back oh, then, back then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, back then like what happened with that bill? Did like, did oh, it succeed? Killed. Did it dead. Killed it. Dead. High five. So good sh- way to go. Yeah. All right. And, and what's interesting is that year there was also Senate bill 538. So that was the year also of Ebola. I remember and that. So there was an effort with that Senate bill um, to sort of outline an approach from the health department, the state health department, to quarantine people if they didn't have particular vaccines in a state of emergency, like an outbreak. So if you, that bill died, but had that not died and it had been in play in 2020 and 2021, imagine how things would have played out in Texas. It, it could have been a lot yeah. different because, especially with something like this virus, you never know what a symptom is because the symptoms are so broad. Right. Um, that anybody, like, hey, if you're a conservative and you're speaking out against the system and you're coughing, oh, we're going to isolate you for like three weeks somewhere mm-hmm. that n- nobody knows about. Right. And the state health department already tracks your immunizations if you have not opted out of the system, and most people don't. So they know exactly who has and hasn't gotten vaccinated. And in this a state of emergency, like we're still in, you know, the the disaster declaration is still in play. It's Who, still in play. Yeah. So Greg Abbott is still gets to be King Abbott. Yes. And he hasn't stopped. He hasn't bothered and to like relinquish some of his executive emergency powers. He um he keeps renewing it. I think he renews it every thirty days. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Greg Abbott's gonna pull this off? Oh, win in November? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You, really? Without a doubt. I don't know. You don't know? I honestly don't know. Why is that? Well, um, because I saw Don Huffines and Alex Stein talk a little bit about mm-hmm. um, about this. And Greg Abbott only got like 65% support in his primary. Mm-hmm. That's a low number in a primary of like support when you're an incumbent. Uh, sure. There were 12, I think, people on the ticket. No, but I mean, in terms of voting percent like right. the voting share yeah like a lot of the guys that voted for Huffines I, I think you're a Huffines voter right I'll pass on that whatever <laughs> all right I, I voted for Huffines I like Huffines I voted for him I do uh, like Huffines a lot but a lot of people that voted for like Huffines he's and a really what- good senator too so yeah I like yeah I like him because of like the Ron like him and the the, the Ron Paul uh, connection mm-hmm. and the fact that he's like a bitcoiner and the fact that um he uh is very much in this, he's like the right kind of conservative in a lot of ways. Like maybe some of the social stuff, it's like, all right, well, I don't fully believe in that, but like, I know you're going to protect my basic rights and liberties. And that's like, you're doing what conservatives are supposed to do. And it's to protect your rights and liberties. Yes. Um, Doing what everybody in government should be doing. Yeah. But I do think that Democrat, like liberals and conservatives have different roles. Yes. Uh, And he was, he did what his role is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I think that's also why we're moving more to the right is because conservatives right now, are doing more to protect their rights and liberties than Democrats are to like ensure equity. So if you, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like if you remember the night of primary, um, Don Huffine sent out an email that said he was, you know, already calling, yeah. calling it and that he, um, uh, he said, I did exactly what I wanted to do, which was 
push Greg Abbott towards well, the Well, right. he, he became the governor. Like, during the primary, Don Huffines was kind of the governor of Texas. <laughs> well, I mean... And- like, he, it was Don Huffines that was doing... Like, Don Huffines said something, and then Greg Abbott acted on it. Right. So he had... A, I mean, the, the there was, like, a little trio. There was Chad Prather, Don Huffines, and Alan West. Yeah. And they all sort of had the same... Had similar talking points, but their their sole purpose was to push Greg Abbott to the right, and they were successful. Well, and they did it. They did it kind of in the right way. Like Abbott opened things up. Um, you kind of didn't let anybody do a vaccine mandate. Kind of. Um, you talked a good game about securing the border. Uh, man, I don't know. Like. All this woke, like, 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 listen, like, you're running for the most part because all this woke bullshit's being permeated throughout the whole school system, and you have three grown, you have, you have three kid, children that are um, in that system. Yeah. Uh, you have a, conser- a a pretty conservative legislative body, and you have a conservative governor, and kids are coming home with pronoun pins, right. and drag queens are performing for children at bars right. in Dallas, okay? In, in cities in Texas that are not Austin. And we have a conservative governor, so like, how if, like, why am I voting for him? Republicans have been in power in this state since two thousand three, early two thousand. So I mean, it's so it's a long time coming. We have our our majority in the House has eroded quite a bit. In the yeah, last because our years. conservatives don't do what they're supposed to be doing. And and moderate. Well, you're you'd be loath to find any Republican that doesn't. Uh, campaign as a conservative in the primary. Everybody's a conservative until March everyone's 2nd. a conservative, and, and then once they get in, their idea of conservatism is tweeting about sports and eating brisket. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what, if that's all it takes to be. A conservative, yeah, well, that, that's man. literally what happens. You know, we want to protect your rights. We're protecting your liberties. We're coming after this for X, Y, Z. We're securing the border. Um, we're gonna ban vaccine mandates. You know, they they say everything that like it gets me all tingly, right? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, you get into office, like, let's talk about the Cowboys. Yeah, let's talk about the Astros. Like, nobody gives a shit. Like, that's not why you're here. Go Eagles. Yeah, you're not here to talk. Whatever. I mean, I'm a Giant and Jeff fan because I grew up in New York, right? But, like, oh, all right. Uh, we can but, fight. Yeah, you'll you'll kick my ass. I don't want any of this. I want none of this. You threatened to hurt me if I was to use the ladies' room, even though um, gender is fluid. It's not. So <laughs> use the ladies' room. Let's be clear on that. That's a great way to meet chicks, though. No. Yeah. Not, like, what's I up? Mean, hey, I'm gender fluid. You know, <laughs> like I'm that's trans- your name. Yeah, now. I'm transgender. Like, what's the problem? Like, come on. It's your superhero name. Yeah. I'm gender fluid. I'm gender fluid. Be fluid, like gender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's your power. Yeah, it's like Bruce Lee. That's a really crappy power. Why? What what power is in that? Well, I guess it's power over women. It's misogyny. No, you get power because like you'll get a job easier, and you get fin- you'll you'll get a financial leg up because they have to hire you. Yeah, but if you're a woman, you get paid less. But then you get but then you get to sue because you've been mistreated because you're a woman. Everyone can sue for that. Yeah, there you go. Well, I, now everyone can sue for yeah. it because what is a woman? Well. Everybody has feelings, big, big feelings that they have to sue over. Anyway, point being, I'm yeah. sorry for monopolizing the con- <laughs> conversation. Um, the, Do the, the, I think those... Greg Abbott's going to pull it off in November? Absolutely. And anyone who is considering not voting for him or voting for Beto because Abbott's not conservative enough, you are not looking at the big picture. Okay, because what's the big picture? Because I don't really want to vote. Why would you not vote? Um, okay. <laughs> Why would I not vote? Yeah. Um, let's see. We didn't ban vaccine mandates. You had three okay. special sessions. You didn't okay. ban you didn't ban these vaccine mm-hmm. mandates. Um the border is like the border is literally being flooded and you're doing nothing other than once in a like tweeting and going on Fox News once in a while. Mm-hmm. You're not even talking talking to Tucker, you're talking to Sean Hannity, who endorsed Dr. Oz instead of like Kathy Barnett, who actually um wanted to fight who who actually wants to fight this globalist agenda that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um so you're yeah, focused no, no, on, on Abbott. Wait. Well, but but you're the governor, right? right? Like um there's still all this like CRT garbage that that's being um taught in schools on a left and right basis. Kids are still wearing kids um in Austin and certain other big cities have to wear masks for like 70% of the school year. Mm-hmm. Um 70% of the school year when you had a conservative legislative body and you didn't do anything. Um 
And the only reason that we didn't even do a vaccine mandate in Austin or any of these big cities is because Abbott was up for re-election, so he wasn't going to let that slide. But once Abbott gets re-elected, you think Abbott's really going to fight back all that much when COVID happened and he opened the bar and he opened the bars for a month? <laughs> all it took is a little bit of pressure from a from a, from a few mayors and governors and the media hounding him. Maybe you know for him to just change course like that. Mm -hmm. You know, unless you're like, I don't know, doing some stuff with like little kids that nobody knows about or doing some sh weird shit that like people can blackmail you for. Like, there's no reason for you to. So, for you to bat, for you to bat, like, I, why would I want to have a backpedaling conservative? You know, I, I just, I just. Why would you not vote in general, though? Well, I didn't say I wouldn't vote. I just don't think I, I don't know ah. that I'd vote for Abbott. Ah, okay, gotcha. Because you have, you know, Paxton's on the ballot. Too. I might vote for Paxton. You uh, don't tell me you might vote for Paxton. You tell me you will. Okay, vote I for probably Paxton. will. Consi you know, considering what he's up against and the fact that he's like, at least, you know, putting on a show to like he's trying to do something. He is the hero we don't deserve. What? In Texas. They threw me out. Of, you know that they threw me out of City Hall before the mask stuff got lifted in Austin for not wearing a mask to go inside? Uh -huh. And I videotaped it and I showed it to like the governor's office and they were like, oh, yeah, we can't really do much of anything. We're still tied up in the courts. And I'm like, you know, you could have called a legislative session mm -hmm. and pressured the governor and done a whole bunch of things with your power and ability to fix this. Yeah. And you didn't. And then Dan Patrick, sorry if I'm ranting. I'm, That's okay. I'm kind of a cheap date. We had Continue. some drinks earlier. <laughs> Um, not a Dan, date. Dan Pat. Well, it's metaphorical. Both of us are pretty. Like she's married. I'm um, serious. You know. Yeah. Um, we're putting it in quotes. <laughs> um, anyway, Dan Patrick didn't want to go to the NRA meeting after the Uvalde shooting. Like, why would I want to vote for a conservative that has no spine? But what is Dan? What did Dan Patrick do as the president of the Senate, the state Senate? You tell me. The state Senate is far more conservative and passed all the conservative legislation. It's it died in the House. Can you can you share? Well, I mean, things like so the CRT bill that might have had more teeth that went to the House, it lost teeth. Um, but why did it lose? There's still a big majority of conservatives in the there's a big enough majority to pass the stuff, right? Um, well, if you want like a you you need a super majority, so at least a hundred to pass things and get it i mean get really get stuff done we so have it's like a majority to pass any bills no not to pass any bills you can have like um you can have just a simple majority but super majority gets things done like in, in the immediate sense we there's 150 house reps i think that there's maybe 83 republicans so i mean it's not a huge majority so all you need is a couple of squishy Republicans to. So there's 83 Republicans. How many reps Something are there like in the that. house? 150. What? So it's just over half. So it's like 80 to 68 or something like that, or 83 to 67 80, or something. Yeah, six. Yeah. Wow, that's math. That was impressive. That's not even Common Core Bill Gates math. Until uh, no. that happens, then it changes up. Then then, then we're gonna it, do cubes and. Yeah, then it becomes like 77 stack. all or whatever. You know, so yeah. some weird stuff happens. All right, but like, what's the amount of votes that you need to pass that? I mean, you haven't. You can have a simple majority pass things. That's it. That's not necessarily the issue. The issue is that all it takes, when if you're eighty three sixty seven, all it takes is a few to say no. Cool. And has, even, has Greg Abbott, Dan Patrick, or Ken Paxton condemned any of these Republicans that said no? Uh, Ken Paxton's been pretty outspoken. Dan Patrick's been outspoken too about the House Republicans. Has he? Because I haven't heard a single thing on Twitter about any specific name of, of anybody that's like backpedaled and like. Uh, been a rhino. I haven't heard any of that. I don't know if you're going to get names called out. Well, Donald Trump called names. Here? No, like with the with the U.S. Senate while he was president. Uh, like you called out names. Like why can't our state legislate? Why can't um, the highest ranking officials in our state government call out names? Well, I'll say this. Donald Trump also endorsed our House Speaker. With Dave Phelan? Mm. Mr. Ba like, let me tweet about sports and eat brisket. All yeah. And he also endorsed a Abbott instead of Huffines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows about Donald Trump? I like DeSantis better, if you want my honest opinion. I, I mean, I have absolutely zero against DeSantis so far. I think he's doing a, a really good job in, in Florida. Um, yeah, our governor's like a low-rent version of fucking <laughs> I, Well, I was going to say that what happens in Florida trickles down to Texas, and that's yeah, fine. Like five months later. Five months later in a watered-down version. Cool. That's nice. <laughs> Are you trying to get me elected or no? No, I'm sorry. 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 I'm sorry.
It's fine. It's fine. We don't have to share a hundred percent of the same nice. views in order to interact. We're not Democrats. Of course, we got it. We're talking openly. I'm just sharing how I feel. Like I'm, I'm a, fr- uh, yeah, I'm a frustrated new Republican. Yes. And, and well, welcome. This, this, yeah. Like I guess I'm a new Republican considering what's what's been happening, right? But like, th- this is this is who you got to talk to in order to get people to vote for you. Yeah. This is this is how you win is by talking to people like me. Like the the. The old main, you know, the old lady that's voted Republican all her life is going to vote for you just because you got an R next to you. I hope so. Um, it's the guy that it, it it's the people like me and that that guy Luther that we saw at yeah, the bar earlier. Very cool dude. Yeah, very cool. Um, it's those guys that are going to be the difference between you winning and losing. That's why I, I when you said that you were thinking about not voting, I'm like, dude, you have to. There are good people out there on the ballot. Well, you're not in my district. It. If you were in my district, I know, I'd vote for you. Yeah. If you were in my people. district, I'd vote for you 100%. percent i be like, yeah. you're not voting for the fucking governor, Johnson, though. Johnson City. So who is that? Where's What house district is that? Well, there's like Justin Barry and Ellen Troxler. Ah, so Ellen Troxler is going to be your next. She's going to win anyway. There's no need for me to vote. She's already going to. She's already got it. She's going to win, and that's yeah. going to be great. I was just cool. I'm friends with Michael Searle. She's. Um, I Like her, her uh, chief of staff. I'm like friends with her chief of staff, and her chief of staff is awesome. Yeah. I've had nothing but good interactions with her. She's yeah. she's smart. Really smart. Yeah, I like her. I, I mean, I think that it's the fact that she chose Michael to be your chief of staff means I like her. Okay. <laughs> you approve? I liked her chief of staff when he was uh, um, when she was a council member, and he's like has the same type of conservatism as I do. Yeah. So I, you know, sure, I'm in. Yeah. Very. I had Justin Barry as a podcast guest. I don't have anything against Justin Barry. I was like, they're both cool, I guess. Yeah. But I think that like, um, and I don't even know that much about Ellen, but I know that Michael Cyril has the same type of conservative ideals that i have Ellen, and so like they're gonna they, they get along and they still talk with each other so it's yeah it's gonna be something that i relate to more she's um <clears throat> she's been involved previously with the texas public policy foundation i think that she was one of their fellows um like a property tax expert yeah. they're more like sort. libertarian anyway like ellen's she's, a little more libertarian than justin is right with like certain things i don't know that she would put it that way but she's very fiscally conservative very, yeah 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 and she's like, she'd be more looking to fight against mandates than I think Justin Barry would. Uh, I don't know. I don't know much about Justin besides the. Well, I know that he's stuff. Abbott. He's like, he's uh, like, you he know, he's endorsed by Abbott. Yeah, yeah, he's an Abbott guy, right? Yeah. So it's like, um, how hard did Abbott fight against mandates? Well, and every, not really, like, not too much. Yeah. So the, you know, Abbott endorsed a handful of people in the runoffs, and Ted Cruz endorsed everyone that Abbott did not. Cool. Did you know that? Did not know that. Fun right. facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. So, Speaking of Ted Cruz, Cruz did, you see, did, you see Alex, did you see those Alex Stein videos? I did. I did. Where he was calling him a globalist. and. Well, with Crenshaw. Cruz, uh, it was, you know, Cruz, he I was talking. He said something to, to. Well, a little bit. But Cruz, he was just shitting in for going to Cancun and doing whatever uh, it was right. he was yeah, doing, yeah, yeah. right? That um, man will never live but, that down. No, and, and he shouldn't. Um, Even though it's still better than, you know, our mayor going to Cabo when he's telling people to stay home. It's way better. Yeah. Um, and Adler shouldn't live that down. I, I think it's worse that Adler lived that down versus Cruz. Oh, absolutely. Because Adler Adler's example is a lot worse than Ted Cruz's. And, you know, you're um, talking about, like, local, a local politician telling you to do, telling local people what to do. Yeah, and, and the things he's telling you to do are, like, deliberately designed to hurt you, and then you're just going to, like, you know, disregard your own order and then just go travel. Like, it's like you look at us like we're peasants, you and know. Zoom from Cabo, right? Zoom from Cabo. Yeah, from Cabo. Nice. Yeah, no. I mean, that's that's why. Like, I love going out and trolling these city, like the city council in Austin. Like, there's no, I have no guilt about doing it in any capacity. Like, I know he's uncomfortable. I know he doesn't like it. I know he hates it. But it's like this is your legacy. Like a guy like Steve Adler, he's in a lame duck phase this at this point, well, right? I don't know if he's in a lame duck phase. Like he's about to, you know. His term's about to expire. Mm. But the fact of the matter is, like, that guy can never walk around in public. I hope and, not. Um, and it, it's not like, you know, no one's going to, like, attack him no. or do any of that stuff. No violence. Right? Like, like that's like, I don't think he's worried about that. But it's like, for the rest of his life, mm-hmm. nobody's going to be happy to see him. And they shouldn't be. I mean, he he has done every, every bad thing that you see in Austin, Travis County. That's courtesy of Steve Adler. And Greg Kassar. And the dynamic duo, like the Batman, policies. they're like Batman and Robin of yeah. Who's Robin in that situation? Probably Kassar. Okay. All right. Because Adler is the mayor. So, Kassar, you'd think Kassar is like the beta in this situation. Well, I think I don't know. I think that like that's a tough situation because I think I I think that like I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, I think that um. 
Kassar's like it was Kassar's ideas, mm-hmm. but they worked because Adler had the power to do them. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was Kassar's ideas, and Kassar has the friends, the nonprofits that could put pressure on Adler to do X, Y, Z, uh, and then Adler did it and um, legislated and spoke in a way that in in which he used Kassar's rhetoric to um, rhetoric to benefit his developer buddies. Yeah. At least Kassar genuinely <clears throat> believe. Like, say what you want about Kassar, and I really don't like him as a legislator. Um, at least he genuinely believes what he's trying to do. Do you think he does? Um, I think a lot more so than Adler. Okay. I know. I I I know people who worked on his campaign, mm-hmm. where they they they're like, yeah, he genuinely I think believes a lot of this stuff. And I've known people on his campaign who said that he's like works like night and day, like never stops working. That's interesting that he's a socialist and he never stops working. Never stops working. He never stops working. Like he's like, he has a very good work ethic. I've heard from a lot of people that he has a really good work ethic. It's just that like your work ethic is designed to stop me from making a living during COVID and force me to get a procedure that I don't want to get to function that doesn't even work very well. And then ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And then your, and then your work Hmm. ethic is, and then you're like, cool with people like joe rogan not having a platform which basically means i shouldn't have a platform because i'm just a smaller independent person who wants to voice their own thoughts too Mm -hmm. so it's like okay i'm respecting you for having admirable qualities but you're using these admirable qualities admirable qualities to hurt me and people around me well but you can still recognize that you have those qualities because like if you're gonna like defeat bad guys Right. Not calling them back. I'm not saying anything. But if you're going to defeat bad guys, you should know what they're good at so you can win. Do you remember Dr. Drew? Yeah. Okay. So he was. That makes sense. Like, yeah. He was on a podcast recently and he was talking about how these policies that are based in care, care for your fellow human being or whatever, however you want to frame it, are what have led to the downfall of places like Los Angeles, places with really restrictive COVID policies, but also really lax policies when it comes to the homeless population because you want to be- Or crime, or crime. Right. You because you want to be... care right. for the most vulnerable. Hey, don't go outside. Hey, you better you better take four shots because you got to protect the, um, you got to protect the trans person that got their operation that, that's now <laughs> immunocompromised. Like that, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. And that's what's leading to, I think, eight deaths a day on the streets of Los Angeles of- unhoused people from fentanyl overdose is what led to the opioid epidemic it's you know this this tendency to assume that you know what's best for someone else yeah no i i um have no argument with that at all um but you know also that that type of governing and that type of philosophy is also like rooted in manipulation oh yeah absolutely because it's like this like um, you were in high school. You were in college once, right? Like, oh, once yeah, once upon a time, right? Like, I was in college. Yeah, I mean, like, you never had like some guy that like sweet talked to you and like said all the right nice things to make <laughs> you feel cared about and loved. Yeah. To just to try to get in your pants and stuff like that. And then the guy winds up being a total fucking asshole who treats you like garbage. And then like you, you know you you're kind of get gaslit and manipulated into being with someone that just um ab- you know emotionally like abuses you and uses you until you- they're done with you i've heard that can happen yeah you've heard that can happen yeah like that's the same thing um that's happening right now just on a political scale instead of on a personal mm. scale yeah a bunch of gaslighting like it's it's ingrained in people to gaslight at this point and i actually hate that phrase but it's appropriate well that's what's happening it's gaslighting yeah that's a thousand percent what's happening um all right, how do you feel about this whole abortion thing? <laughs> let's just go. Let's just go off. <clears throat> let's just rip the bandaid right rip off. Rip the bandaid off. I want to talk. It's interesting because we're talking about compromise. We're talking about like hot button issues. Right. You're running. You're like you're a hot button firebrand, and this is probably why you have a really good chance of winning. So it's also important to talk about these hot button issues mm-hmm. in, in in a in perspective. Right. So I'm 100% pro life. Um, I kind of my perspective on that changed many 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 years ago i mean it's kind of gone back and forth but when you look at the constitution you understand that your rights are natural they're not relative to age time location none of that so a human being is a human being from conception so okay so because of natural rights and because Mm -hmm. of the constitution 
a feed a fetus that just got conceived has the same amount of rights. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, the Supreme Court um, in the U.S. said that a corporation has the same amount of rights as a human being when it comes to like the Constitution and the First Amendment too, which stopped the censorship bill from happening. So, what's a corporation made of? A band of humans. Yeah. yeah. But you know, when when they tried to pass anti-censorship legislation, mm-hmm. that same logic is the reason my videos and my content is being algorithmically shadow banned on Twitter, even yeah. though I should have a national audience with what I put out. Right. And there's so that that's that, yeah. that, that, that's my pushback, and that's what I'm saying because like, yeah. we got to talk about this. It's a big issue, and we got to talk about it in a big perspective. Right. Um, now you're talking about a corporation versus just a single human, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, you're having court cases that called corporation that, that give corporations right, right. the same right, like the same human rights as a human. And whether that's correct or not is kind of irrelevant to the. Well, it's irrelevant to the Roe decision because that was just putting it back on the states. It puts it back on the states. I'm not right. even mad about that, right. right? Like I personally, I'm like could care less. It's an issue that I just don't care about. I think there are way mm-hmm. more important issues. Like that's not why I changed. I didn't change the way I vote because of abortion, mm-hmm. right? Right. Like I changed the way I voted because of of China, because of um, because of lockdowns, because of mandates, because um, I don't want to have to show a digital certification mm-hmm. of my health to go into a restaurant, right? Which basically translates to I don't want to sh- um, show a QR code to eat and buy things and like do things and I don't want to ha- I, I don't want an RFID chip like yeah so that that's I hate that too actually I always ask I still ask for paper yeah um so that that that's why I changed how I vote and I think mm-hmm. that's why a lot of other people change their yeah. votes and I also think that some of this abortion stuff and this row stuff is actually gonna like hurt this movement more than it's gonna help considering it's happening right now in an election year. I don't know if it will or it won't in Texas when it comes to um, local politics and even statewide politics. I think maybe on a federal scale, it'll be um, a tipping point for some people. But in a state like Texas, like we were talking about earlier, they they already decided this last session. So, you know, maybe something will try to be done in the next session but the likelihood of that happening is pretty even slim. if beto wins because of how the margins work with mm-hmm. um creating legislation nothing will happen right um but i anticipate something like that could get beto over the edge if there's enough people like me who don't really understand why i need to vote for abbott i think and and, yeah. and, and when you factor in this row stuff and when you factor in the um mass shootings coincidentally happening to occur from like last month up until November, you might wind up getting a perfect storm of events. Mm. Plus that what's happening at the border and you don't know how secure like our elections even are with those three factors in play. Wait, four factors. And um, because Elon Musk found out that Elon Musk Just is now. not buying Twitter. Yeah. Um, you might start having an information um, war where pertinent information gets deliberately um, obstructed from public view. Mm-hmm. Those four pack, um, factors could create a perfect storm in which we get a better, um, a governor Beto in November. Well, let's talk about abortion and how it might impact votes. Let's so do that. I okay. think I think for the majority of voters, a majority of voters would not ever personally opt to have an abortion. I agree. And so they're but going to think about it in personal terms. If I'm over of, 50. You don't care. Yeah. My age, I'm gonna I've been like over five and a half years. I'm right. ready to have children and family. It's scary, but I wanna but it's a step that you need to take right. at this point. Um but there's a lot of new voters that are like eighteen years there's a lot what about that senior in high school that's about to turn eighteen that that just turned eighteen this year? What about the kid that's that that's going through college right now? What about that college girl that's like kinda like going through her little phase? You know, yeah. and they pass that ban, yo, you might all of a sudden now you're voting Democrat. I got, I got, like my, my, so Gary crowds. produces, Gary produces my podcast, right? Yeah. And Gary's like dating a, a stripper. Okay. okay. He's dating a dancer. All right. And, um, I'm friends with a lot of dancers through Gary. Friends. No, well, I am. I'm not doing anything with them. I'm not, I don't do that. I, I don't cheat or do any of this. That's fucking horrible. Like you can't do that. Right. That's right. really bad. All right. Uh, I'm friends with some of them and a lot of them were very against the mandate. Mm-hmm. Right. And agree with me a thousand percent on what I'm saying about the mandates like um, this, you know, like when it comes to like the, the, the grooming, when it comes to like 
um, how kids are being trafficked, when it comes to how information is being censored, when it comes to us having sound money. They agree with me on pretty much everything, but a lot of them are pretty pissed off about this abortion stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you might get a lot of people like that who Do they vote? went from left, yeah, who they went vote. from left to right or just, or, or immediately switched. They might switch right back and you just might, it, it might be like a Trojan horse to continue voting for tyranny and globalism. I just think, you know, if yeah, you're, does that make sense? Like that's, no, my, that's, I do. that's, that's what, that's what I'm trying to say. If you're a right? person like, who doesn't think that you would ever have an abortion, you're like, that's something I would never choose for myself. But there's this actual threat of losing my bodily autonomy via vaccine mandates. Are you going to vote for what's personally going to affect you? Or are you going to vote for the, you know, the inflation that's personally affecting you on a daily basis? Or are you going to vote based on abortion? Well, you should vote for the me and you both agree on right. what you should vote for. Right. But do a lot of people agree with us? A lot like like we we've been talking about out like this fake sense of altruism and a lot of people um will vote based on altruism instead of based on practicality. I think And a lot of people are also like um this is what you're seeing on the internet what you're seeing on TV like to quote Alex Stein it's trauma based mind control. Mm -hmm. And a lot of a lot of people are going to make these very pertinent life-altering decisions as a result of trauma-based mind control. And I'm just putting this information out there because yeah. I don't want us to, like, I like living in America. Yeah. You know, like, that's why I'm, that's why I'm sharing this with you, right? Like, cause yeah. I, I want to be here. It's a valid concern whether or not people will switch, but I just don't, I personally, I don't see because most people vote what's in front of their face. So when I go door to door, when I go block walking, people talk to me about their HOA. Obviously, there's nothing I can do about their HOA, but that's what they want to talk about. They want to talk about, you know, how much it costs to put food on the table or the job that they lost. They're not talking about, like, the abortion that they can't have. Well, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that that's your experience yeah. from when, when you're block walking. Yeah. You're also in a conservative area where people already have their families. Oof, no, I'm talking to Democrats. But they still all have their families, and yeah. it's, not an, it's not as much of an issue as you would think it is. But even, like, look at Florida. Mm -hmm. Um you know what the abortion laws on Florida are? I don't know what they've done. 15 weeks. Is it? Yeah. They never, they didn't change it. Right? And so like the most popular conservative governor <laughs> in the United States of America, the person who should be the president of the United States, based on the fact that he's actually doing everything in his power to ensure that we live in America, even though he's the governor of Florida. Mm -hmm. Florida, man. Okay? Even Ron DeSantis never changed that law. So it makes me wonder... How popular is it really from the bigger picture to like, like how important of an issue is abortion really when compared to a whole bunch of issues that people are upset about? I mean, I, I honestly, that's my honest, like legitimate question based on that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the access to an abortion is that important. <laughs> so, because I think it's, I'm, to me, it's a very easy, easily decided thing, but Obviously, yeah, I, that's I don't think it's that. I, I, and I think we spent too much money on Planned Parenthood in those organizations. Ooh, yeah. And, and and those companies also don't even – they do a lot of shady stuff like giving kids puberty blockers and doing all this stuff is wrong. Like you shouldn't do that, right? Right. Um, but I just think that like, you know, you could run a – like I, I really think that in this day and age you have so many newer people that are moving right. Like the guy that we talked to at the bar, do you think that guy gives a shit about abortion? No, oh, no. Not then doesn't have a chance. But that guy has a chance if he lives in your area to vote. Like you could have gotten that guy to vote for you. Right. And he doesn't he couldn't care less. And it's not it's not an issue I lead with. Yeah, and it's be, not an, yeah. yeah. I don't go to doors with like a pro life shirt on or anything like that because okay. I know that it's not a central issue for majority of the people in my district. And I think that's that's the important thing, right? Or when it comes to talking about the stuff you got to like hold up the mirror. So did you see the little, we talked about this earlier, but like I made a little video about how I, I created a fake petition to make abortions mandatory. Yes. You know, because we need to lower our population, mm -hmm. you know, to, to, to reduce the, the, the fear of, of climate, climate change. change. And, and, and honestly, man, these Trump supporters, they shouldn't even be having children. And like, you know, you, you should, um, they, they should look at your social media, just like in New York, they got to look at your social media and they got to look at what you're posting. Um, in order to see if you're able to even have a child because of the prevalence of right-wing extremism that's going on. We can't have more of that, yeah. right? So, like, if you start um, saying stuff like that, right, and you start filming yourself talking to liberal Democratic voters, um, repeating those talking points, 
and you get state officials or candidates to like espouse those same beliefs even though they are completely made up yeah right and you're basically like straw manning what these conspiracy theories are if you get to openly admit to that and you hold a mirror up that does way more to preserve life than banning things well, I'll, I'll leave that to you. You're the expert. I am, but I'm just saying, this is my two cents. Like, that's what I think, like, is, I think, I think that's, like, a better winning approach because, like, I don't want to see, like, cult, like, culture war stuff mm-hmm. um, cause the momentum that we have to, like, take America back to what it should be where we actually have, where we actually have rights, freedoms, and liberties that were, like, enshrined in our constitution. Like, I don't want to see culture war stuff sabotage us. Does that mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to see stuff like that sabotage us. See, I see it as all being pretty interconnected. Okay, sure. So with the um, the Roe decision in 73, um, there was this perpetuation of an idea that like certain humans are not human enough. Um, so you, you've had like obviously an explosion in the number of abortions. You've had the push towards euthani- euthanization. Um, and I think that dehumanization is at the core of this dissociation from reality that kids are experiencing now with both mental health and gender identity or gender confusion. I think it also um, is sort of an underpinning of mass shootings, especially for these young men who are, you know, have some sort of mental health issue. They are easily dehumanizing the the people around them not for any particular reason just like if you're on Facebook and you're yelling at some stranger and calling them um you know abhorrent or whatever like using foul language with them you're dehumanizing them people are being pushed into us and them it happened a lot during COVID right people who didn't vaccinate were killing somebody or you if were you if you didn't want to stay home yeah you're a criminal you're a criminal you're a murderer you're yeah a mass murderer. I, was, I was hearing all that stuff yeah, yeah. So we've just made it so much easier to dehumanize our fellow Americans. So, and, and that ties into things like sex trafficking and it's, to me, it's all kind of interrelated. And if you go back to, and my hope is with the road decision that we go back to rehumanization of, I I think people are going to be more looking to find their tribes because of this too. Mm. Like um, I've, I've always thought that like in the next five to 10 years, you're going to have like COVID freedom states, COVID lockdown states. Mm-hmm. You're going to have um, states with like strict mandates, states with no mandates. You're going to have states um, with central bank digital currencies and states that just use Bitcoin. Um, and then you're also going to have states that like are very permissive about abortion and very against abortion. And then you're also going to have states that are like very big on masks and states that don't do masks and states that like um, have drag queens coming into schools so you're and describing you're California like, and New York. Yeah, but I think that you're going to see a very like a separate like a real separation. Like you're almost, you're almost going to start really seeing like two separate countries mm-hmm. and you might just start seeing like as a result of this abortion law like my thing is that like you might start seeing less people moving like less of these like woke white women moving to Austin because of this. Mm-hmm. Which is probably a good thing. Well, Austin's not going to enforce it. So uh, yeah, I got a great speech planned out for that. <laughs> I got a great speech for that. Like, yeah, because I really could care less. And I'm for the most part, I'm like, yeah, listen, choose to get my philosophy is like live and let live. Hey, y- you know, you should choose to get a vaccine just like you should choose. You know, you should you know, you should have a choice to what goes in and out of your body. And that's it. Like, it's your choice. And that that's my my take is like it's it's literally your choice. I don't care. But I also think, like you said, like um, you got to vote for what affects you personally. And I. I'm going to do everything in my power to not let somebody um, force a procedure on me. Yeah. You know, or try to censor me because I'm saying something that disagrees with the narrative or, or tell me that I can't defend myself, like, or, or um, a party that's like making it, you know, infinitely harder for me to like travel to and from work with, you know, with incense of money printing and inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those other factors outweigh that one thing. So it, it doesn't really matter. Like yeah. whether I disagree with you on this one issue, I don't care. I'm still going to vote for you. You know, like I'm still going <laughs> to yeah. vote for you. I really don't care. I'm just giving Wish you my you honest, could. Wish you could. I'm just giving you like my honest opinion yeah. about like how I'm feeling. And there's probably a lot of newer people like myself who have switched how they vote that probably think the way I yeah. think. And I'm, I, I don't, there's been a lot of progress that's got made and I don't want to be like, I, I, I really am scared that we, I'm really scared that we don't alienate people like myself to go back. 
yeah. to the other side. And that that's kind of where I'm getting at, if that made any sense, because I like to ramble. It's, you know, and it's it's a risk, but for me, that's a it's a risk worth taking because you're protecting human life. Okay, cool. I'm just sharing my, my yeah. thoughts and sharing how I feel because yeah. it's something that I think um, people should take note of. Mm-hmm. And I also think that, like, there's um, – so I, I got this, this thing about, like, um, the, uh, conservatives, right, and, like, both of us agree that a lot of conservatives just don't have a spine when it comes to like the right things. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that we didn't do a mandate ban is, is abhorrent. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that like Abbott didn't prioritize it is bad. It, it could cost him his election. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't cost him his election, it could cost him his election four years from now. It could cause the legislative body to lose seats. If we don't actually start making people feel like you, matter to the, like they matter to you right, right. like I, I really think that that that's um you, you know kane the wrestler yes he gave a speech when he got elected mayor of um knoxville tennessee he's the mayor of knoxville? he's the mayor of knoxville tennessee or he well yeah you know the undertaker lives here yeah i know that yeah okay yeah. anyways yeah, i've seen note. that red shooting range yeah <laughs> or now it's bentley's but um he gave a speech saying the same thing it's like you know like you're gonna get a blue wave and it's gonna keep crashing into the big red wall in order to like actually stop it from happening, like you actually have to like appeal to younger people and actually like, you know, mean what you say and actually have a pair of balls and and speak in a way that like these these values they affect everybody, they, they help everyone, and you got to really be strong to communicate how these values affect everybody yeah. and help everybody. So that that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think we have, a, I don't think our legislative body mm-hmm. communicates communicates that very well. What's funny to me is that. You know, and a lot of people made this observation, so I'm not unique in any way. But after the road decision recently, it was like suddenly women's rights matter again. Yeah. But how do you even what's a women's right if you can't even define what's a woman? What Michelle? a woman is. <laughs> so I think in that way they're shooting themselves in the foot. But I agree. I think that that's a big reason why they even got away with it because of how bad um and toxic Democrat policies have been for um, cities and states at a local level. Mm-hmm. That this that this came out, and I think it also got leaked deliberately to like uh, for fundraising because yeah. it's going to help Democrats make money. Yeah, and it's also um, going to get people to like want to. It's going to get apathetic liberals and leftists to just vote Democrat because they just they want their reproductive rights, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that, this is this is a fact. It's an unfortunate fact, but that this is what's probably going to happen. Um, even though I don't want it to happen, I'm just saying, I'm just speaking right. what I think will happen as a result of that. Um, what, what were we saying? What's a woman? What's a woman? All right. But like the, the reason that's even going to be successful and, and like, you're still going to get Republican majorities in the house and Senate, um, in spite of this is because of how bad Democrats have been governing. Mm-hmm. And that's why like, this is even a thing because like three years ago, um, I would have been kind of upset about this happening. Right. But, you know, when the same um, abortion activists are like telling me that I shouldn't be allowed to be in society if I don't want to get, you know, three shots and two boosters and no one really knows how effective this thing is. Plus the idea of showing a digital certification of your health to go to go places, which could be connected to your bank account, uh, which is what people at the World Economic Forum are literally openly trying to do through meetings and conversations that are available on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um you know, it's very hard to, like, have sympathy for for a lot of those people. Yeah. And so, like, there probably were a lot of people that would have, like, went to the protest to support this. Just, like, how many how many people went to George Floyd protests in the beginning? A million, ten, yeah. 15 million people went to that. 15 to 25 million people went and protested for George Floyd. During they quarantine. Saw, well, but they saw that video, and that video is disgusting. Mm. And that cop deserves to go to prison. And what happened was totally evil. And there should be mass protests for something like that. It just happened during COVID and a bunch of other stuff happened that undermined the credibility of that movement. Right. But for that specific act, like there should be mass outrage. Um, there was a lot less mass outrage um, for something that would have caused an equal amount of mass ad- outrage had it not been done um, after two years of COVID. Okay. Does that make if that makes sense? Yeah. Like if the Supreme Court tried to ban abortions in 2019, you'd have seen the same level of protesting as you saw for George Floyd. Oh yeah, it would have been a huge upswell. Huge, but you saw you saw what you saw paled was like was like child's play compared to that, and I think it's because 
a lot of people are already sick of these um, these policies. A lot of people have gotten more conservative as a result of what's happened. A lot of people were like, were like, wait a minute, my body, my choice now? Yeah, I don't agree with this, but this isn't where I don't want to protest with you. Right. Fuck you guys. I'm not protesting with yeah. you. So I think like that's it's intellectually intellectually inconsistent. Yes. And I think that's why it's it's kind of shifting the tide. And we're probably going to be a very more like we probably are like heading towards being a much more conservative country, which is good considering what's happened with like how leftism has manifested itself. Yeah. And I also think that it's good um, because as a result of that, you're getting more conservatives like me and you versus conservatives like George Bush and Dick Cheney. <laughs> so the, the definition of the conservatism Hawks. is changing. Yes. And we got five minutes. All right. Five minutes. So that's my take. That, okay. that, is, that is my take on it. Yeah. Let's talk about conservative ink. Cause I was, re- I, I really um, have some issues with those people. All right. Talk to me. Well, I, you know, you're a fan of my work. I am. Um, I'm speaking out at these, uh, at these meetings. Mm-hmm. I'm just holding up a mirror. Yes. I'm imitating. I'm, I'm just behaving like a CNN pundit. Yeah. Um, I'm being the school board member that is imp- implementing these um, grooming type of uh, practices in the school. Michelle? Brilliant. It was brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, Matt Rinaldi likes He's a fan. That's kind of cool. I got a tingly feeling when I found <laughs> out. But then, he did, but then um, he hasn't come on my podcast, and I really want to talk to him, and I haven't even met him in person. I'd really like to meet him. He doesn't he live here. He comes to Austin. He does. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Charlie Kirk yep. shared this on his Rumble page. Did he give Sh- me? Did he give me any credit? He shared what? He sh- I, sh- I said this to you. He oh, I'm sent, sorry. He shared my school board speech on his Rumble. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, did I get any credit? Did he tell anybody who I was? No. No. When Cassidy Campbell had his Ukraine sh- had his had his Ukraine mm. shirt and the mask and all that stuff and it went viral because Donald Trump Jr. shared it. Did he tag Cassidy? Did he bother to reach out? Did he bother to help? Um, build somebody up uh, as a result, like build somebody up for the work that they're doing. And and the stuff that me and Cassidy are doing, we're risking a lot more than Donald Trump Jr., who's already a multi-billionaire, mm-hmm. or Charlie Kirk, who, who has millions, who gets millions of dollars in funding. I drive a pedicab. Like, I risk losing friends. I risk getting attacked. Yeah. I risk not being able to get certain jobs because of what I'm doing. Uh, and then you're going to share my stuff and you're not even going to give me credit mm-hmm. while I'm being algorithmically shadow banned. That's kind of messed up. So are you, have you thought about, I mean, not that you should have to, but I mean, uh, Alex Stein has put his logo on his videos now. Is that something you're moving towards? I have to find a logo. I don't really have a logo yet. I have a logo for Convos and the Petty Camp. I don't know that I, what's my logo for Alex Stranger? I got to figure out. I don't know. Were you Showtime Alex? Well, I did Showtime Alex Stranger because I'm like, oh, it's primetime sign. Everyone's like, oh, it's primetime string. People are saying the same stuff. And then, uh, I'm all, and, then and, and also, um, people ask me for my Instagram and it's the Alex Stranger on Twitter and it's harder to type. It's easier to write Showtime Alex so you could see it versus the Alex, mm-hmm. you know, because then there's like, it's harder to find who I am. Yeah. So I did that because um, it was just easier to get people to know, to find you. And it's easier to like, get people like get people off the street to just follow you right off the bat yeah so that's kind of why i was doing it and plus i think it's also funnier when you're like fully in character trolling these people and you just oh by the way this is my show to my strangers going thank you and you just walk off like yeah. it's nothing like i think that makes it that much funnier yeah um but yeah like that's frustrating like that, that i don't think that that's cool especially with like yo we're, we're shadow banning it like they all talk about being shadow banned and censored and you're not being given a voice. I'm like, okay, well, what happens when they deplatform you? Which they will. Like, mm-hmm. somebody's got to pass. You got to pass the torch up to somebody. So for you to not give people like us credit, you're um, the antithesis of what you claim to be. Yeah. And I know that there's. I mean, the likelihood of deplatforming is pretty high these days. I know that some guy just got deplatformed or demonetized from PayPal. It's a social criticism. Yeah. But that's why you got to get Bitcoin. You got to start. ESG. ESG, that's, that's another episode. Hopefully you can come back because this is really a lot of fun. I'm sorry if I monopolize the conversation. I was, I've been pretty heated about a lot of stuff. That's okay. Been, you have you have big lot. feelings too. I'm passionate. I got big – exactly. Like I, I have big feelings. Like I'm putting myself out there. Like I'm spending a lot of money on gas with these Biden prices and putting a lot of time into a lot of stuff. And so it's like – and you're sweating your balls off in this heat. I'm literally sweating my balls off. But anyway, Michelle, how do we get a hold of you? Uh, Michelle Evans for Texas.com, or you can 
you know, email me along with all the trolls that do every day. It's Michelle Evans for Texas at gmail.com. Oh, you should share those, the screenshots. It'd be fun. Oh, the, the, they just, they click the contact button on my website and tell me that they want a yard sign in some made up city in Texas as though I'm going to start driving around. And I don't know. It's, it's just a waste of time. I don't understand why they do it. All right. Well, Michelle, thank you so much. I'm, I, I really loved, um, this is, this is a lot of fun. Thank you. Um, we could have talked about so much more stuff. I feel bad. We, but I think we, we covered a lot. Yeah. And I'm, I'm about to die. Yeah. This heat is insane. All right. <laughs> Michelle Evans. Thank you. Thank you.